Much to my surprise, while we were planning this service, they gave me some time to talk. Uh, as I was thinking about what I would speak on on graduation Sunday, uh, I was given the opportunity after listening to Ryan and his classmates speak on Thursday uh, to speak in their class on Friday, uh, which was intimidating uh, because I am not uh, one who follows normal rules of speech. Uh, and so I was <clears throat> not wanting to uh, make a poor example of a speaker. Uh, but I got an opportunity on Friday to speak, uh, and I really felt like um, God had placed a message on my mind based on one of the sermons that I had heard in that class. And so I prepared a sermon for that class, and I'm going to share that with you this morning, uh, because I think it's not just an important lesson or message for young people to hear, but I think it's an important message for all of us to hear. Uh, and I'm going to be looking this morning at the book of John, if you want to turn there, John chapter 10. And we're going to be looking this morning at verse 10. As graduates head off to a new phase of their lives, as they leave a protective environment of their family, their friends who encourage them and spur them on, they enter a world uh, that oftentimes is more difficult. It's harder to find those people who are behind you. It's harder to know the direction that you are going. As you're growing up, you get a lot of feedback from your parents who give you instruction. Sometimes, maybe that's negative instruction uh, as they correct you from things that you're doing wrong. Sometimes it's positive instruction as they encourage you to do things that are right. But as you step out of the house and you graduate and you move on, especially if you're leaving the area and moving to a, an environment that you're unfamiliar with, fear can set in. One of the fears that can set in is the fear of how people will react to us as Christians. Whether that fear is as you leave a Christian environment, a church like this, and head into an environment that you're unfamiliar with, or if it's just going to work every day. For us ad adults who are already out of the house, sometimes that brings a little fear as we study God's word in our house and we know what God says he wants us to do. Sometimes we're faced with those same kind of fears as we enter the workplace and wonder how exactly we go about doing those things. And sometimes as we look at God's word and we study God's work, we are emboldened by what it says. And we have courage because of what it says. And yet, when we enter these new environments where there is unknown, we're not sure how people will react, it sometimes causes us to, to back down a little bit. We get ready for this fight that we think might be coming. The Bible talks about the, the spiritual war that we're in. And we think that we're ready for that. And we're ready to take on this fight, but as we show up to work, nobody stops in front of our face and says, I can't stand you because you're a Christian. We're ready always to give an answer for anyone that asks us a reason for the hope that's in us, and yet, oftentimes at school or at work, nobody asks. And so, even though we feel prepared, 
We're missing the fight. We're not sure where it's coming from. We're expecting this frontal attack, and yet it never seems to show up. But I want to look this morning at the book of John, chapter 10. And I want to look at what it says in verse 10, based on what it says just previous to that. John chapter 10, starting in verse 7, Jesus starts talking to them, and he says, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. And then he says this, All who came before me are thieves and robbers. And he goes on to talk about the sheep. But I think that's interesting and important for us to understand what he's talking about there when he says those who came before me were thieves and robbers. He's talking about people who had been religious leaders before him. He's talking about people who had uh, claimed to be something that they weren't, maybe the Messiah or something else. Those who had come before him claiming something, claiming to know the truth, but not living it. He says they were thieves and robbers, and he uses those two words which seem to be exactly the same. And yet when we look at those words... They're actually two very different ideas. When we think about a thief, he's referring to somebody who does things very sneaky, behind the scenes. They don't want anybody to know about it. The kind of person who would, who would steal and then never tell anyone. When he talks about robbers, he's talking about a very different type of thief. He's talking about somebody that would walk up and knock you down and take your stuff by force. And these are very different types of people. And he says that the people that came before him were those types. They were thieves. Some of them were sneaky. They were robbers. Some of them were very arrogant. But then we move down to verse 10. And this is where I want to spend our time this morning. Having said that, having described thieves and robbers, the people that came before him as thieves and robbers, he then uses that same word thief in verse 10, and he says the thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. And I want to stop right there. Sometimes we get so prepared. We, we're looking through God's word, and we get some little nugget that we're ready to share, and then there's never that attack. There's never that opportunity. There's never that frontal attack where we can stop and say, Oh, no. This is what I learned. And what this describes, as he says, the thief comes not but to steal and to kill and to destroy. He's talking about the way that Satan operates. Sometimes he operates through people. Sometimes he operates through circumstances. But this is a description of how he operates. He says he only comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. And these aren't the types of attacks that are going to come right in our face. No, he's talking about the thief, the sneaky one, the behind-the-scenes kind of person. And a lot of times as we move into those environments and we're expecting that frontal attack, we're ready for that attack, but we end up getting caught up by another type of attack, the sneaky attack. You see, if somebody's going to steal something from you, if we think of the idea of a pickpocketer, a pickpocketer doesn't just walk up and reach in your pocket. You would notice that, I hope. It would be uncomfortable. So a pickpocket does other things to distract you. He might bump into you as you're walking down the street. He might 
knock you over or drop a bag so that your attention is directed somewhere else. And then, when you're not paying attention, he finds a way to get your wallet out of your pocket without you noticing because you're too distracted by other things. And Satan often works in that way. He uses people or circumstances to distract us from what we ought to be doing. To distract us, to take our attention away where we were so focused before on that attack, he uses something to distract us and take our attention away so that he can attack us on his own without us even knowing it. When we think of killers, the fact that we even have homicide detectives tells us something about most killers. Unless they're completely insane, they do it sneaky. They try and cover their tracks. They try and blame it on somebody else or make it look like a robbery. They don't do it in front of other people. They don't do it during their normal routine. They try and cover things up because they don't want anybody to know about it. And as he describes the methodology of the attacks that we face, he's describing that type, this sneaky attack. Someone who will cover up their tracks. The kind of attack that you might get when you're in school and you're listening to a teacher talk about what they don't call a theory, but they talk about evolution, which contradicts what God's word says about the creation of the earth. They might talk about sex education and protection and things like that and make it seem like it's normal the way that they talk about it, even though it completely contradicts God's word. And they cover up their tracks in scientific fact. They cover up their tracks in medical necessity. But they're sneaky. And these ideas begin to get into our minds. We watch TV. And the TV begins to change our worldview little by little. The commercials that we watch begin to change our morals and our attitudes towards sin little by little and we don't notice it. It's not a frontal attack. It's not something that's coming right at us that we're ready for. I think of the idea of of a soldier carrying a shield. And they've got it ready in front, but these attacks are coming from behind and they're totally unprepared. He talks about destruction. We think of earthquakes and hurricanes and tornadoes. I remember growing up, there was a tornado coming to our area. I grew up in Illinois for a, a good while. I remember a tornado coming. We ran to the basement and we could, we could hear the wind just howling outside. And we didn't know where that tornado was going to hit. We didn't know if it was coming for our house. And as the winds began to die down and we finally felt safe again, we walked outside, we noticed our neighbor's house had been totally destroyed by this tornado. And that's the way these disasters work. And when he talks about destruction, we think of those types of things. Hurricanes, tornadoes, earthquakes. They come unexpectedly. They come when we're not waiting for them. When we're not prepared for them. That's why they're so devastating. Because it's hard to prepare for. And so we look at the way that Satan attacks. And he is looking to steal 
and to kill and to destroy, but he's going to do that in such sneaky ways that oftentimes he's already done it by the time we notice it. He's looking to steal our joy, our happiness, what God intends for us to have as we follow him. He's looking to kill our reputation, our testimony in front of other people. He's looking to destroy our lives and destroy our relationship with God so that we don't continue to have an effect for God. So the question is, what do we do about that? And this is an important thing. We need to know how to be ready. Paul, in the book of 1 Corinthians, tells us how when he describes his race. And he says, as I run this race, I don't swing my fist like somebody beating the air. I remember growing up, my dad and I used to watch, my dad used to watch boxing all the time. I loved watching certain fights. They were interesting. I remember a guy named Miguel Martinez. And he was over in the corner and he was shadow boxing like they all do before the match. And he looked really competent. He looked like he knew what he was doing. I was impressed with the way he was looking in the ring. And as they brought them together in the ring and the bell sounded, he was distracted by, I think, his mom. I'm not sure who he was looking at. But he took one quick look to the left, and as he looked back, he saw a glove in his face. And it knocked him out cold, one punch. It was the funniest boxing match I've ever seen. And oftentimes we swing our fists and we look ready and we're ready for that attack, but it's that unexpected one when Satan distracts us that gets us. It's that unexpected punch that knocks us down. My first year of college, my roommate, I won't give you his name, but he was known by the moniker Dynamite. Uh, he was an amateur boxer. And he did not spend time... I, I was roommates with him. He did not spend time training. He did not spend time in a gym getting ready. But he would still go to his boxing matches. And he was known because he would get into the ring and he would start throwing his fists in a wild fury. And sometimes he would win those matches. But most of the time, because he hadn't trained, because he was completely unprepared for somebody that was well-trained, he would get laid out or hurt, and he'd come back to our room swollen and beaten. And a lot of times, we go into a fight, these sneaky attacks get us, and we're totally unprepared. Satan knows what he's doing. He knows the things that'll trip us up. He knows how to get under our skin. And he wants to get at us. But Paul says, I don't swing my fist like that, like I'm beating there. He said, instead, I train my body. And when he uses the word train, he means prepare. He prepares his body. He gets ready for the fight. He begins to work out and understand his opponent so that when the attacks come, he's ready and prepared. 
And it's important as we move into another phase of our lives or as we head out of our door to work or as we go out into the world that is, seems to always be attacking us in a sneaky way, it's important that we be prepared. Well, how do we do that? The one thing that will prepare us for that battle is if we spend time in God's Word building a relationship with Him. It is impossible to fend off those attacks without Christ's help. We can't do it on our own. We can think we're prepared, but unless we spend time in God's Word, reading His Word, studying it, praying to God, asking Him questions, listening to as He speaks to us, as we read God's Word, we get to know what God wants us to do. As Christ followers, we need to know where he's at. We can't follow him if we don't know where he's at. We need to study God's word to find out what's on God's heart, what he wants for us to do. And as we do that, as we study God's word, we also begin to pick up interesting details about the enemy. We begin to understand his tactics. And we begin to understand how Christ has overcome that. And how we can overcome that as we use Christ's power. But there's only one way to know all that. And that is for us to dig into God's word. I am so impressed with the nine young people I listened to preach the other day. Because they had spent time digging into God's word. And trying to understand what God was telling them. And they prepared a way to share that with other people. And that's what we ought to spend time doing if we want to be prepared for what's going to come, the attacks, the sneaky attacks. Even those can be fended off if we are prepared. And we need to spend time digging into God's Word, not just opening it and reading it for five minutes to get it done for the day, but digging in and understanding what God is trying to tell us, what He's trying to say to us, understanding the enemy that we face, understanding the God that we serve, if we will spend time working on our relationship with God, if we will build that up through study of his word, we will be prepared for any of those kinds of attacks. And as we send young people out of our church or out of our families into the world, they're not going to get knocked down by the first punch. They're not going to get tripped up from behind because they're going to be ready and prepared because they're going to have God walking with them. They're going to know where God wants them to go. They're going to be ready ahead of time for those attacks that are going to come. When they have decisions to make, peer pressure to deal with, they're going to have made decisions ahead of time to follow God. They're going to know what God wants them to do. And for each of us, we need to do the same. If we are not spending time in God's word daily, we are missing a great life that God has for us. The second part of, of John chapter 10, verse 10 says, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. I've spoken before about that part of that verse. But God wants for us to be happy, joyful. He wants us to live lives that please him. He wants us to do our best. He wants us to take these kinds of talents and abilities that these students have shown this morning and use them for his glory. He wants the best for our lives. And if we'll build a relationship with him, he'll make that happen. Let's pray this morning. God, I thank you so much for 
your word and what it says. I thank you so much that it doesn't just tell us about the fight that we're to fight, but it also tells us about the enemy that we're fighting against. And I thank you so much, God, that reading your word isn't an education, but reading your word is a relationship. And I thank you so much for what you do in our lives when we begin to build that relationship with you. I thank you so much for young people who are willing to spend time in your word and be prepared for the the world that they're about to face. For those of us that are in that world daily, waiting for those attacks, God, I pray that you would help us to become more aware of the sneaky ways that Satan is attacking us already and that you would help us to prepare ourselves in every way we can by reading your word, studying it, getting closer to you. I pray this in your name. Amen.